welcome to The School Run. I'm Jane. And I'm Liv. And we are going to share with you the best conversations we have on our school run. We will invite guests and debate topics that affect and resonate with every generation. We all remember our own school run. So maybe have a think about yours. What do you remember? Hello and welcome to another episode of the School Run Podcast. We are in such a privileged position and we say it every week, but honestly, the amazing guests that are joining us on our School Run Chats is just phenomenal. If you haven't joined us before, Liv, my 16-year-old daughter and I started this podcast back in February 2023 just to share our amazing chats on the School Run because we had a very long School Run to Clitheroe where she went to school. And I said, let's capture these like a time capsule. And that sort of developed. And now we welcome guests on that school run with us to hopefully empower, guide, inspire young people just to know that every day is a school day for all of us. And you don't have to have it figured out at school. How are you feeling? Where, explain where we are, Liv. Well, it took me quite a while to find. <laughs> and honestly, I can't explain the actual morning I've had. I went to the orthodontist and then... <laughs> I had to, my, my stepdad went out and took the dog to a pub with him, which I was like, please don't get drunk and leave my dog in the pub. I would cry. And then I had to get the bus to the train station. The bus was late. Just as I was running up the platform, the train left. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to get the next one. And we were supposed to be here by half three, and this train was at 20 past three. I, at 25 past and I was walking around and I had to ring you and I was like where am I going I'm not where I'm going but I'm here now yeah so we're in um, Preston City Centre we're, we're at an amazing solicitor's block I mean this is just a, f- a fantastic experience to record here we're joined by the wonderful Jenna Atkinson Jenna is a associate matrimonial solicitor award-winning I have to say she's not going to like these things that I'm going to say I, I don't know but these are all what I know about her an award-winning matrimonial solicitor she's a mum wife she's heavily involved in her community I know she's a fantastic networker she's passionate about Bolton Football Club. Um, she works as a trustee um, as a charitable role with, within domestic abuse. Bolton Hospice. This list is endless. This chat's going to be incredible. Thank you, Jenna, for having us with you. Oh, you're welcome. And it's Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the just going to move this camera. The best school run of the week. The best school run of the week. Is that what you remember about your own school run, that Fridays were probably the best? Yeah, and I get, I mean, my little boy's too and a half but I get that feeling on a Friday already because that's his preschool day yes so, so that's my all... Friday feeling when I pick him up <laughs> oh that's amazing well, it's summer holidays isn't it so um he's with grandparents an extra day <laughs> <laughs> but you're probably to... gonna have less hair by the end of summer but, um... <laughs> oh it's amazing just to give um our listeners because a lot of listeners um have been following the podcast for many months but we first met I think I was doing a speech um a keynote speech at the Evers um, yeah. well no it wasn't um, the Evers it was the um Pink Link, Link Networking yeah, yeah. so Pink Pink Link Networking, yeah. Coral Horn organises that amazing networking group. Yeah. And she also does the Eva Awards. And we've yeah. come in our cross of path, our paths have crossed in <laughs> yeah. both of those situations. Um, and we've stayed in touch by social media. And you're one of the most amazing ladies who came up to me and said, 
I love your story. And when my son's old enough, he's coming to Little Voices. <laughs> and we have, li- and he was only a few months old then, so and we've stayed in touch since. He's haven't coming we? to Little Voices, and he's also playing football. And you know what? I'm always saying to my um, brother-in-law to be. He has a son, and he's not too sure about sending mm. him to Little Voices. And no, no, no. I said, well, you know what? Award-winning football stars need to present themselves it's on true. the TV. It's true, and he's a. Uh, He's a singer and he likes his football, so, you know, you can do anything these days, I think. You absolutely Do can. what you love, not not what is traditional for male, female, you know, yeah. do what you love. Follow your heart, do you agree I, with that I way? agree with that, totally. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I, let's get stuck into the, good, the juicy stuff about you. I mean... You know, we've talked to previous um, on previous episodes to different types of solicitors. You can, there's such a vast array of law to go into. Yeah. Why matrimonial for you? I think I knew I wanted to do that at sixth form, I would say, when I was studying it. So it's I've always wanted to help people. And when you predicted your A's at school which I always was. I mean, my memory was better then. I've still got a good memory, but I've been to university since. (laughs) Um, There was a lot of apple sours consumed at Newcastle University. But um, I always wanted to help people and I can't stand blood, so a doctor was never an option. I would have liked to be a doctor, I think, if I could stand, you know, seeing body parts. (laughs) So I think... For me, matrimonial, because I was very good at written stuff, so that's why I went down the law route. So the other thing they used to say at our school was vet, doctor or lawyer. Uh-huh. So vets, I'd be crying every day, you know, if I <laughs> put pets down, putting everybody's pets down and went, oh, I can't bear it, I couldn't do it. So I think I wanted to help someone, but stick to what I was good at. Uh-huh. So that kind of, for me, was matrimonial because... I think what people don't often see, because um, I'm very bubbly and, you know, I do, I make, I try and make light of situations for people, but at the same time, people don't see the upset people go through. You know, I have to deal with that daily, really. So I feel like I am helping people through a really bad time because a lot of people that come to us, they don't necessarily expect to be in that position it's come out of the blue you know it's like they've come home from work one day and the husband or wife has left I'd say that's more yeah. the norm than you think yeah mm-hmm. um obviously things lead up to it but for some people on the other side of it that could be completely out of the blue yeah and so, so it's a shock yeah. for them isn't it yeah so I always describe the why I do this job. Someone's a shell usually at the beginning and I see them going away a butterfly. Oh, I know it sounds yeah. a bit cliche, but <laughs> honestly, when it's all over and people have a new lease of life, that is why I do this job and I will continue to do it. So I joke saying I want to go and open a bridal shop and be on the other side of it. But yeah. I do. that is why I do the job when you actually think, why do I do it? So I'm trying to help people in my own way because I can't stand, (laughs) you know, hospitals and um, 
putting pets down. <laughs> yes. and I can't even bear the thought of putting my dog down, honestly. <laughs> but it's really interesting what you've said, that obviously you were a straight-A student, I'm assuming, at school, so flying high. Yeah, it wasn't A stars then or whatever it is. Oh, now. like the numbers. It was now. just A. A was the top, so <laughs> that's what I was aiming. Five A's I got. Wow. So, um, at A yeah, level, five A level. A's. You did wow. five A levels. Yeah. What? What were uh, those choices, Jenna? Do oh, one was one doesn't count general okay. studies, which ironically. I've got no common sense. So what that proves, I'm not really sure. General <laughs> studies. Is, it, I, I'm still confused to this day how I got an A in it. Um, I think, off, I'm trying to think now, he put me on the spot. English language and literature, yeah. law, religious studies and media. Oh, I did all the written. Wow. So Wow, heavy essay subject. Wow, heavy essay subject. So straight A student, and what I was homing in there in was that at school or the schools that maybe you went to, I went to, Liv went to, yes. there was a very, I would say, um, narrow set of choices to go into. It yeah. was sort of geared up, A-level, university, and like you say, those top careers, vet, yeah. doctors. Yeah, yeah, it was, I would agree. If you were in the top for your A's or whatever, they were the... I mean, that's not why I did it, but it was kind of given to you as the yeah. one, those options, but... I was having a chat with one of um, someone I met networking and we were saying yesterday, you know, hairdressers, for example, I, my hairdresser, and I can't believe I'm giving her a shout out on this, but I will because I think a lot of her. So Ellie is one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. Very business minded, 21, you know, oh no, I might be knocking years off of there. I'm like, how old am I? 24, actually. Um, but... You know, hairdressing, it used to be that's for the people who can't do anything else. You know, that was the attitude to it. I've always thought the opposite of hairdressers and nails and beauty because, put it this way, I couldn't do my own hair and my own nails. Yeah. It's a skill in itself. And when someone's running their own business like that, it actually takes a very business mind to do that. So I actually would hope these days at schools, you know, it's, encouraged to do whatever you're passionate yeah. about not just what you know if you get all A's do this it's not just about the expectation is it yeah I was thinking that because as well like you said like the beauty they all they're also like talking to people every yeah. day which builds a lot of skill like if you look at I'm not saying all doctors but usually do you know like the very very academically people who are very focused like that they'll yeah. be incredible doctors and they'll know absolutely everything but maybe when it comes to like the bedside manner of actually being able to talk to the patient yeah it might not be as good yeah. but then those people who have learned the skill of hairdressing which is really hard I mean I could only do like two dutch plaits or something exactly. like that I couldn't do my hair like she yeah but then still like talking to people as well and getting to know them and but it's really in the business as and making well, yeah. it a success so you know I I really believe whatever career you do is a skill yeah you don't is. have to be in a career like law to be intelligent yeah she's got different skills yeah. to me um you know but yeah I think that's what I would hope would change in schools from mm. when I was there It'll be interesting when your son's growing up through the education system, what happens. Yeah. I'm not sure whether it has changed all that much, mm. if I'm honest, yeah. because 
that's the reason behind the podcast in many ways. Yeah. Let's broaden out broaden all it. the options that you've yeah. got. There's so many. Yeah. But I would say, do you want like she fire makes you happy because yeah. that is what I mean having my son has given me a whole new other meaning to life your mum probably says this to you yeah. all the time <laughs> but you know when people used to say to me oh they're always your child well that I'm that mum now that yeah. those eyes will be the eyes when he's a 40 year old man that I won't ever unsee yeah those baby's eyes so it gives you a whole new perspective yeah. on things. And I think now I just want to, you know, bring him up to be a kind person that will go out of his way for other people. Because yeah. I don't always think that's the attitude people have either. No. You know, and we don't want a me, me, me yeah, generation. Yeah, yeah. We want a let's help everybody generation. Because yeah. I think sometimes it's easy to get swept up in your own life yeah and you know so people can be struggling they were in front of you and you don't even you don't realize realize it sometimes because yeah. you know someone if you just say i saw someone on my way home the other week on the train and they didn't they looked a bit upset and i just said are you okay mm. and they told me they'd had a bad week and whatever and then i was just chatting to them on the way back and got off at horwich and they were like oh thanks for asking though because mm. Sometimes you don't want to interfere, do you? But but also you don't want to you know, see other people struggle. So. No, and I knew I knew something wasn't quite right. You know, you can judge people, you can judge a situation even on a yeah. train. I think with mm -hmm. people have said to me before, "Are you okay?" And I've really appreciated it. You know, when I was pregnant, I was crying all the time, and people used to say, <laughs> <"You're> "Okay." <laughs> and then I know when he had his first day at preschool, I was oh, I was beside myself in M and S. <laughs> this woman came up to me and was like, you're okay? I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, but George has gone to preschool. Um, oh, it's honestly, Liv, it's all too emotional. It really is emotional. <laughs> and, but it, it's really interesting. So do you, um, how do you separate professional Jenna and, and all what you're dealing with? Because it won't be easy, the stories you're listening to no. and perhaps the cases that you've got to navigate. I mean... I can't even imagine, maybe you can give us a flavour of the things that you come across, but how do you deal with that? Um, I think you just, you don't switch off to it because you obviously really care about it or you wouldn't keep doing it. But um, I know the children cases I deal with, so I don't deal with care work because I just, it wouldn't be for me. Yeah. I, I'm too... Um, I would be getting too upset with situations like that, but the children cases I deal with are, are kind of where mum and dad are arguing over the time they spend with the child. But even that, you can put a year into it till the outcome, which obviously me even at the end feels really happy for someone, you know, when they get to see them. Because sometimes if I'm for the parent that's not seen them for a year, I mean, that can really take its toll on someone. Mm. I can't imagine getting up for 365 days, not seeing George. I just cannot imagine that in my head. So I think since I've had him as well, I, I can kind of get on a level with people more about it. Because before you kind of thought, well, why are they bothered about one overnight? Like mm. now I'd be like, oh, I'd really struggle to not see him like most nights. You know, I have the odd 
baby-free night. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's hard to decide. It must be hard to decide that. And reckon, it I is. I mean, I've obviously been through a divorce. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you've listened to our first, very first episode about yeah. living. You've never lived with your dad, have you? No. Um, mm-hmm. But honestly, I absolutely was adamant that we put live first. Yeah. In every well, decision. Well, that's the thing you have to sometimes make people see because, you know... Sometimes I get someone coming in saying, I want all the time with them, which I can see that you would because you're used to being a couple putting your child to bed every night, you know, and then from that to separating, it's very hard to get your head around. So I can understand that. But then I'm the biggest believer in a kid needs both parents, you know, ideally you need whether it's two men, two women, one man, one woman, it doesn't matter who these parents are, they need, you know, if you've got two parents who love you, even if they're separated, to me, you can make it work. Yeah. So it's... I it's, agree with that. That's exactly like my my family. I mean, I've got you. You obviously love me, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and my Obviously. dad. Yeah. I'm, I mean, my mum has always been like very open and honest with me about like the whole situation behind like the divorce and everything. And for a lot Sometimes I wondered whether I was too honest. Yeah, but I, I don't because like I, I mean, for a while, I guess I was kind of mad at my dad because I was like, well, why? You know, it was kind of like, in my head, it was like, it's your fault. Yeah. But now I'm kind of like, do you know what, though? It probably happened for the best because, I mean, you're both very different from each other. And yeah. I imagined you living together and I was like, that would not work. <laughs> <laughs> but even as well, like, I know that like my dad loves me and he'd literally do anything yeah. for me like if I called him right now I was in London I was like dad I need you to pick me up like he'd be there and he'd yeah. come and pick me up like but that's what you have to make people see yeah. what you, you've got what my signature line is which if any clients listen to this they'll know I've said it that at one point I mean I don't want to picture what I'm going to say but at one point you loved each other enough to make that child so that's what I try and yeah take people back to thinking because that's how I would think you know if me and mine didn't work out in the future which hopefully will be those two little old people walking along the beach but I, I just think at one point there was the love there and the child needs both you know yes it's not nice for the child to have to feel they have to choose, I think, mm. sometimes. so. And I hope that we've never had that situation no, for never. you. If, in I, fact, the, probably the pain has been caused because you've wanted us to be together, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I guess I've seen, like, like my other, one of my little half-brothers, that like, I've seen how maybe he's like the messenger between two parents i'm thinking he's like he's not even out of high school yet like he doesn't he should just be like enjoying his life and going where he wants to go and like and like my other half brother who like doesn't know our dad and that's sad for me to see as well Mm -hmm. because i'm like he's such a good person and i just sometimes i do just wish that that they would have a relationship but then again yeah, I, don't I know, and sometimes if you leave it, like, it's no one's fault if it's just left, but then it's harder to repair, I think, when it's, you know, it's like anyone, if you have a fallout, it, it, the longer you leave it, it's going to be harder to yeah. 
make it work again. And I, I do think life's too short. I always think I don't like going to bed if you've had a row with anyone. Me, oh, I no. have to put it right, sort it out. And I mean, let's face it, you'd be out of the jo a job if everybody managed to do this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> because that's you're true. brought in to yeah. sort these things out. Well, aren't that you? is true. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, because you get some. In, for some people, I guess they get to the point where, and sometimes it's not even them; it's their influences around them. I guess that yeah. are influencing those decisions. Yeah, and saying, "Well, you should be." Having this and you could have that and then that makes someone and sometimes the finances can blur you know what someone wants to do with the children so when they're arguing about the money sometimes people then say well you're not seeing them then you know whereas to me they should come separate in a way i know they interlink and it does affect you know both need to be considered but in a way whatever you agree on the children should not affect the financial settlement. The very, very, I think they're very separate too. You can't like say, oh, if you give me more of the house or whatever the asset is, then you can see your child yeah. more. You know, it doesn't, that's not fair to no, them, is it? Because so, I never saw it as, I don't know, I suppose it's how you see your children. I didn't own Olivia. No. She was people, I think sometimes, especially when there's another person involved, that's when people can't see past it, you know. If, you know, if mine went off with, you know, a 19-year-old, I probably couldn't see past it at yeah. first. But then, mm -hmm. so I get it when people end up in situations like that. You know, I'd be angry as well or... You know, he might go. He might go older. Who knows? Because um, I feel like the older ladies like my husband. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They seem to be, especially the ones at church. They seem. To be, they I think not, your husband will be laughing at this podcast. He probably episode. will. In Aldi, he told me he got chatted up the other day. In Aldi, I said, <laughs> "Buy him," and he was like, "Oh, I was buying him some flowers." I said, "Oh, lucky me from Aldi." <laughs> And he was like, um, oh, yeah, this woman said to me, oh, she's a lucky lady. And I went, oh, well, go back to Aldi then, Matt, and leave me to watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. I'm not saying that ours was all really, you know, happy, happy. But I do think that, you know, at times it was other people that influenced what happened. And that yeah. I think that can be a real struggle. But we found our way through. Um, which is which is fantastic. I've got a question. My ex, my current husband, <laughs> had a question last night because I told him who we were interviewing today. Really? Is, yeah. He, do you know what I feel like? I'm, he just wants a shout out. He does. He, he wants to be a really everyone. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he, he really does. Um, but he went through a divorce, mm -hmm. and um, he was saying to me, "Well, I think it all boils down to what." kind of solicitor you actually take on and I was like what do you mean by that he said well whether it's a solicitor from a franchise organization or a, a solicitor from a independent I said and I think you're just confusing this they're just the same one in the same solicitor I said and I run yeah. a franchise business so I'm obviously all pro think, franchise what yeah I think we have different styles of dealing with it so like here, one of the reasons I do love our team and working here is um, it's very conciliatory, child-focused with a children's situation and constructive way to resolve it rather than, you know, I would never 
I would never badmouth anywhere, but you know, other other places might not have that attitude. It's get you know, get it into court, which isn't necessarily the best thing for people. Like I would hate to have to go to court about my son. That is like mm-hmm. my idea of just how have we ended up here from a happy marriage to that. Um so I, I try and exhaust every other means before we... Obviously, some cases have to go to court. There's no other way to resolve it. So is that because the solicitors are... Or because the clients are saying, yes, we do that? How does that end So say if one person is just on a children case, adamant, you know, a mum or dad, it happens to both, can't see the child and they're not really giving any reason it's just we've split up you're not seeing them obviously you're not really going to get anywhere without trying mediation and then if they won't engage with that go to court because otherwise you know that person won't engage with the process but I'd say the cases I deal with say if I've got 60 going on at once probably about seven in court so finance and children so Mm -hmm. it's the minority that go to court because Often there's another way to try and sort it out. And if you get two solicitors, like, similar-minded, you know, on the other side, Mm -hmm. you you tend to get further. Yeah. So I actually prefer it when you've got, you know, a solicitor you know you work well with to try and resolve it together for everybody's sake. And you probably get used to who those are, do you? So when you know who the opposition is, you you sort of think, I know how this is going to play out. Some... I mean, a lot around here are actually resolution members. So that's um, an organisation that it's all family, well, family professionals in it. So there's financial advisors in it as well as solicitors, but with that attitude to resolving it constructively, not, you know, everything doesn't have to be a battle. Um, So I'm really passionate about that. I don't think I'd ever get the other way where I want it all going to court like no I I can't sleep sometimes when mine are in court because I'm bothered about the person you know I know how it feels I know we've done all the prep and everything's ready to go but I still feel for the person you know because it's just I just find it really horrible that we all have to the very nature of court is you've got your legal team Mm -hmm. and they've got theirs and that's how it's set up i mean i've been like shouted at after court and when yeah, i was a bit nice. younger i used to cry and whatever and now yeah. if someone shouts anything at me that isn't very nice i just think well i've clearly done a good job today yeah because <laughs> <laughs> you're projecting out what's going well, on for I'd you. Be, yeah <laughs> i'd be actually i'd be upset if it was my client shouting at me but if it's the other person yeah. i'm like well they're getting annoyed for a reason so i must have done a good job <laughs> And when you, when you mention court, because I've been in a, in a family court room and it's not wigs and all of that, is it? I mean, no. I had a whole concept in my head about what wigs I was going to end up being in. It was, yeah, it's not. It's not like that. It's a bit like this kind of room, a bit more yeah, formalised, no, isn't it? Up here, yeah, they are. Like the local ones are, yeah, they're more informalised. Manchester's quite daunting. I've been there a few times. Is that when it gets um, higher up the... It, or is it's it just, just because it's city centre, I think, and okay. it's more... Is that where they have, like, the big stands? It is, is that more like the TV yeah. in Manchester. Yeah. yeah. So if you get one at Manchester, because if I've got a client... Obviously, I'm from Bolton, so if I get a client, like, over that way, rather than 
Preston, Cliverow away, then sometimes they go to Manchester. Um, but I work with the barristers normally because we work together on like cases. I know a few uh, really good feisty bar barristers. So <laughs> if you think I'm feisty, you've not met the barristers I work with. <laughs> They're like next level. <laughs> They're like me after Rosé, sober. <laughs> Hi everyone, we hope you're enjoying this episode so far. We're just cutting in to say, if you're enjoying our podcast, please click the follow button on whichever platform you're listening on. And please leave us a review. We'd be so grateful for your support and feedback. Podcasts are free to listen to, but if you are loving our school-run chats and debates, please consider buying us a virtual coffee. The link will be in the description of every podcast episode, and it will also be in the bio of our Instagram, which is at the school run underscore official. And why not give it a follow while you're there? So you can see all the updates and get sneak peeks at upcoming episodes. Thank you so much and happy listening. When I think about like core, I mean, I've only, I think the one trial I ever watched on TV was the Johnny Depp Amber Heard on that stuff. Like, so yeah, was, yeah, I was hooked on that. Yeah, I was. Yeah. So I saw it and I was like, is every, is every courtroom like that where they have the big light and the big banging hammer oh, thing? Well, I'm hooked on the Lincoln Lawyer series now because one of my clients told me to watch that um, when it first came out and, oh, I love it. It's so good. But, yeah, I think Matt knows I already like the Lincoln Lawyer now, in it? So. <laughs> <laughs> he said I had to watch it. Now I'm just like, this Lincoln Lawyer man doesn't exist. <laughs> so it's really... Um, it, I love watching legal programmes like mm -hmm. dramas because... Yeah. Everybody thinks I've got a glamorous life. It's like, no, I'm in the Northwest. I'm not in Chicago. <laughs> like, because I'm the split. Um, oh, yeah, I love that program. I love that program. I do. But I used to watch it and think this isn't like... It's like too the glamorous. glamorous. <laughs> the northern version. It's not the northern version. That is what you're doing. Isn't I wouldn't it? change it. I prefer being up north. <laughs> I, you wouldn't get me working in London. Oh, no. No. And, and actually, um, we talked about it just before we pressed play on the podcast that your sort of inspiration being a lawyer or who you wanted to, to be like was. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Elle Woods, when Woo! I first watched, first watched Legally Blonde, I did have... Um, the boyfriend that broke my heart and all that before uni and um I was the person eating chocolates in bed throwing them at the screen oh and yeah that was me to a <laughs> tea. and then I did first year of uni moping around really and then met Matt on my you know when I came home for the summer so I feel like Elle Woods is pretty much how my life has panned out. <laughs> yeah, um, I've even got a dog, it's just not a chihuahua. <laughs> and you've got, got blonde hair. Beautiful blonde hair. Well, everybody always says I'm like Elwood, so I'll take it. Yeah, yes. it's, not, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, no, I do always have like pink notebooks and I normally have French nails, but the pink because I've watched Barbie twice, Oh yeah. So <laughs> I, went, I went pink this time. I went to watch Barbie as well. <laughs> it, was so, it was so cool. So let's, let's talk about some of your other work and your passion for the community and where that came from I mean yeah. what all of these organizations that you're involved in tell us a little bit more about that did the domestic abuse charity come from your work as a solicitor initially or was it something that you'd had an interest in even before that um I think domestic abuse the interest in it was 
when people think of that, they think of someone punching or kicking or physical abuse, don't they? And when you're learning about it, it's an umbrella, we call it, of abuse. So it's emotional, psychological. It can be financial that people don't often realise when someone's controlling the money that that's a form of abuse and you've no access to your money. Um, you know, it can be sexual abuse. It's it's not just physical abuse. So I think that's when I first started learning about it that I thought I've got an interest in this. Um, and then, I mean, I've only ever had two boyfriends. I joke to Matt, I've never lived, but um, probably haven't really ever. But I've, like my first boyfriend, he was very, you know, I'm very much a one man woman mm. when I'm with someone that's, yeah. you know, a joke. You can yeah. look at the menu, but you don't eat the menu. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you only choose one. You can yeah. look at the menu when you're on a diet is what I say. Um, but it, yeah, the, my first boyfriend was quite, when I look back, quite controlling over me. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about it because often when people say it's me, you know, it's these intelligent strong business women or men it happens to men that's my biggest thing as well it does happen to men I've had men crying on me you know in those kind of situations it happens to both um so like when I look back I wouldn't say I was a victim of domestic abuse but there were elements of the way he was that was emotional abuse which mm -hmm. at the time I didn't see and you know people think of me as an intelligent person but I didn't see it it just yeah. became the norm you know if he when we're going out for a meal you know if I'm on a date that's who I'm with I'm looking mm -hmm. at that person and he would be like who are you looking at what are you doing if I was out with my friends where are you you know bombarding you with texts which that isn't normal is it no so but when you're in it you don't see it yeah so and then obviously since I've, I mean I've been with Matt 15 years and you obviously you see it then when you're with someone who treats you really well yeah. but I think it happens more than you think to people and I think and that's it's where my interest in it comes from and hearing people I mean I, I'm not saying I wasn't in a really bad situation I've heard horrific situations of physical and years of torment um I mean I've always been strong-minded because the one time he, he he like whacked me against a wall that was it for me so yeah. I said that at 17 years mm -hmm. old you know yeah. I would not tolerate that at 17 because you don't want like that that isn't what I would want to bring my children up in or anything but obviously I get why people stay like I loved him um, I nearly went to London like London oh, where I'm scared in London I nearly went to uni down there to be with him and yeah. then I thought right now it's over I'll go as far away up north <laughs> and you went to Newcastle, Newcastle. yeah <laughs> It was an amazing place to go to uni, though. You know, when you're just like, oh, you just, when people say it to me, I'm like, I've been there where mm. I didn't see that it was that, you know, it's kind of, I think that's why I want to speak about it and raise awareness of it because it's, it can happen to people and they don't even realise it's happening. You just, yeah. you just think it's the norm. Because so. you're in it, aren't you? 
Yeah. You're in it and you love someone. When they say love is blind, it really is. Like, love is blind. Like, you, yeah. when you love someone, mm. you love it. Like, I'm very a loving person. And when I love someone, I don't really see the no. bad in someone. And also so loyalty and your personal value system kicks in, doesn't yeah. it? Because I've been there and I remember um, Liv was at her dad, so she wasn't there, but I'd made this wonderful dinner and it was steak and chips and peas and, and and put it on the tray and and the person I was with at the time never wanted to sit at the table as he wanted mm-hmm. it on his knee on this tray so I'd sort of done it and as I was making it I mean this was five years in mm-hmm. and I was thinking I've not done pepper sauce and I was like, oh I'm really angry there's no pepper sauce can't do pepper sauce tonight I just remember saying to my head yeah. and I sort of made this sauce and I went and I, I didn't make the sauce but I made all the tea and I put it on the plate and I took it in and and I just heard the tray bang on the floor and all the peas and everything dropped everywhere. And it, and, and it, where's the pepper sauce? And I was like, I haven't got any. And I was just really calm. But had yeah. I been a confrontational person, that yeah. may have ended up in some kind of, yeah. but I just ate my tea really quite, really subservient. Yeah. And walked away from the situation and went to bed. And so when that relationship ended, I never, I never thought, saw that as a, a form of no, abuse but there was lots of situations like that yeah no it's true yeah that's but it does like obviously people say it's male to women you know man to woman which is that there are high statistics for that that's fact but the amount of psychological abuse that you know female to male that's frightening as well so i am the biggest believer that it's both ways you know because you know, women can be manipulative like that. Men can as well, but I think, I don't know, women know how to use emotions with men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard all sorts of stories in lockdown. You know, I've had men coming in in bits, crying. Like, I've just, yeah. You've seen all I don't know how it. I lived through 2020 because I had a lot of people very upset going through hell. And then I had a baby growing in me so I was like <laughs> if I can survive 2020 yeah, you can survive, survive when George survive gets anything. a girlfriend I can yeah. survive so let's so. talk about the domestic abuse charity you're a trustee of that charity are you yes. what's it called where's it based how so, does it help yeah it's Endeavour in Bolton so um, they do a lot of work locally mainly um, but they do various projects so at the minute one of the ones they're working on is evergreen which is supporting over 55s because that's on the increase as well um so jill who's the chief exec there made me cry at an event recently when well not in a nasty way but with what the story she told um about a granddad with his grandson because that was abuse going on in a home when they were living together and he was stealing off his granddad so it happens in families as well um because like i say people just think man and a woman in a relationship but it happens you know like that or between other people and you know mums and dads you know how you can ever think about being like that with your parents like Mm -hmm. to me i I love my parents so much. They're like my best friends. And I just, I can't get my head around that, how people would take want from to them, do that. Them. Yeah. Um, so they do a lot of work in the community and they help a lot of people out of different, you know, situations. So one of the things I really like 
that they're doing at the minute is the worry monsters um i've already bought a george one even though he can't tell me what's worrying him at the minute but um, <laughs> it, you basically write your worrying and then leave it outside your bedroom and then it eats them overnight this little worry monster oh. and um they're doing like a sponsor a monster campaign where everybody kept wanting to buy these monsters so the way it works now is £20, you get your own monster and you sponsor one for a child that's going through domestic abuse. So they're then given one of the monsters and, you know, then their carer, because it isn't always the parent looking after them, they can read what's worrying them. And obviously they don't say what, you know, oh, I've read what's in your worry monster, but you can know then what's worrying them, mm. which I think is good for any child because obviously having a boy as well I think women talk more that you know mental health can affect anybody but I feel like women do open up more than Mm. men so I'm really conscious from a young age with a boy to get him to talk to me because if you can't talk to your mum and dad do you can you absolutely so I think like the worry monster it's a way of doing it early on Um, So I think even in other families, you know, not just domestic abuse ones, it's a good idea that they've come up with. And they do so much locally. Like, I, yeah, I don't, I I can't speak highly enough of them all, really. And Jill, I think she's been chief exec a couple of years and she's just an amazing lady. It's incredible. And that work is so important, isn't it? And then work with Bolton Hospice. Yeah. Passionate about Bolton Hospice. How long has yeah. that been going on? And uh, well, my auntie, oh, I was just a little bit older than Liv, um, seventeen, I think, when my auntie was in the hospice, and she passed away in there, unfortunately. Which I, I think our family, it's never really been fully the same because my auntie was such a warm person and like one of those people you just know would always be there for you. So. Um, I've all, it's always stuck in my mind because we were all there when she passed away that what an amazing job they do there you know when people are so ill um, so I did volunteer on there for a while but I found it too difficult to actually work on the ward so I started doing like fundraisers so I need to think of what to do next really because I did a big fashion show before Covid and we had like loads of ages on the catwalk um like my I call her my glamma because I've lost my grandma and nana and no one will replace them too because mm-hmm. they were like my two apples of my eye but my grandma's friend Margaret she's my glamma because she's <laughs> she's lived like 10 years longer and she's kind of been that role to me yeah. for the last 10 years so she was the oldest model at 80 odd wow oh she's brilliant honestly she's every time i say i'm tired she's like i'm not tired (laughs) i'm 85 my mother had eight kids (laughs) you've got one i'm like yeah but um so she was the eldest and then we had a 10 year old and it was all like ages all different races religions body shapes and it was just celebrating um our individuality know, i guess everyone really and yeah raising money for the hospice so we did that before covid um and my best friend 
was in it as well and she's been really ill and she'd lost all her hair not long before she did that and that was like one of the first times she'd gone completely bald doing it and everybody was like cheering her on and I'll never forget that because so brave to just mm. walk out there with yeah. I mean she suits being bald to be fair Nicola if I was bald I've got a big dent in my head so <laughs> I wouldn't look as good um but yeah I've done that and then I did strictly learn to dance with my dad which was I get mixed up with the years because I feel like we lost two in COVID we did so, lose two yeah I forget what year but we did it a few years ago and um as we were about to go on stage in front of 800 people, he told me he'd forgotten the steps. <laughs> so I was like, Dad, we've been practising for four months. Like, Anyway, he didn't forget the steps. Oh, that's and all he goes on about now is John McGinley, which to any Bolton fans, they'll know who we mean. Okay. John McGinley gave us an eight. I thought, yeah, probably because probably he liked the dad-daughter thing. <laughs> We weren't the best in the competition. <laughs> well, I think we've been faithful to you, Bolton Football Club supporters, really, on our podcast, haven't we? Because well, we yeah. interviewed Chris Markham, Technical Performance Director, yeah. which was a really interesting chat. You don't realise the amount of work that goes on no, offside off the pitch, do you? I mean, my dream job, just to put it out there, yeah. as a sideline, would be to be lofty. You know, just doing the mascot, just doing whatever you want to do. Yeah. No one knows who you are. <laughs> You know, a big lion head on and then just take it off on your way home. I played for Bolton ladies at one point. Wow. Um, no one ever expects that I can do kick-ups, but I can. Not in heels, but in trainers. Um, and then now, I think the last few years since, I feel like it's like they've got the golden days are coming back, mm. which everybody there keeps saying. But when I was younger growing up, I used to love going to the match. Yeah. And I'm... Like I've been quite a few times recently and I I feel like it's got that vibe again about it. So oh, they're on the rock and they've got some good they've got some good people mm, in Yeah, so like I'm getting really into it again and I love what they're doing in the community and they do a lot for like people that need help. So yeah. I did the sleep out in March. I mean, I'm not doing it again. I've already told Just them. explain what you did as a sleep out. <laughs> Tell us. So it was that day in March that it was Arctic conditions. Um, was it like minus? I don't even know. But That's know, like typical. I know I had my dad's big coat on. Um, it was awful weather. Oh, no. um, I said at the start of the year I would do something completely out of my comfort zone. That is just for me, that is like my idea of, yeah, being cold. I hate being cold. Like... That isn't my life, though, every night. And it was a real eye-opener to the point now, when I go home tonight, I do cherish being under my blanket in my warm house. Mm. So you had your coat on and you basically slept outside all it, night Yeah, so on the, the concrete just around the stadium, we're all sleeping around there. I mean, Vicky and my brother were doing that with me. Um them two fell asleep so I, I think most people were asleep and I couldn't sleep mm. because I was that cold that I, I literally couldn't get to no. sleep but I was just thinking like this is some people's lives and yeah. I'm the biggest again biggest believer in when you end up homeless I think that could happen to anyone so like you know if I I mean I did get made redundant a few years ago out the blue 
completely unexpected. I just got told there wasn't enough, you know, work for two solicitors and it was a really small place. And in effect, it's been the making of me because I kind of, I don't know, I think I was not doing as well as I could there and I kind of maybe wouldn't have thought I was good enough if I hadn't mm. had that happen. So in a way, it's a blessing now, but you just think it could happen to anybody. So obviously we've got two incomes, so there was not an issue with our house. But, you know, if you were on your own and then you just lost yeah. your job, you could lose your house, then it could spiral. And, it, you know, these people on the streets, they're not necessarily lazy or mm -hmm. whatever people brand people as that are homeless. They can be, you know, they could have had really good jobs or been in the army and they just can't. They can't. You know, it's... Yeah, it, I, I really, I, I mean, Matt laughs at me every Christmas Eve because before we drive down to my mum and dad's, because yes, I still go there because it's that's Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Until I've got a big kitchen, I'm going to my mum and dad's yeah, yeah. Um, where I can put all the presents. But um, it's, I forgot my trailer. So before apartment. you go to your mum and dad's on Christmas Eve, it's important to you and Matt. Oh, yeah, so Matt laughs at me because I make little bags and I drive around Bolton and anyone who I can see who's on their own on Christmas Eve, it's not much, it's just a chocolate orange and a bit of something, but with a Christmas card in. And he laughs at me every year because I'd go and do that and then I pick him up on my way back. But I, I think Christmas... It's so magical and no mm. one should be on their own at Christmas. No, and it's that, your, you, that kindness is incredible. And yeah. I know our friend who we interviewed on episode two, Tracy. Yeah, she does oh, that. Christmas the Eve, shoe the same. She does shoeboxes yeah. and takes them around with socks. That's and what I mean. Just, and yeah, just, just something. something. Because mm -hmm. someone completely on their own at Christmas. If you think in your family, it's all so... I love Christmas Day. I don't yeah, think anything too. tops it for me. Yeah all year it's just I love everything about Christmas and it mm. to think someone feels alone at Christmas yeah, I just hate thinking yeah, that it's so it really is well anything that you would go back and tell your younger self any piece of advice I think I'd say I think when I was really a lot younger you kind of worry about being yourself a bit especially in what I'd call a traditional profession. Mm -hmm. I mean, things are change, things have changed and are changing. Um, but I, you know, you think sometimes you have to be a certain way or you have yeah. to talk a certain way. I mean, I used to think even with your Northern accent, oh, will I get a job mm -hmm. in a legal firm? Well, now I'm proud of my yeah. Bolton accent. <laughs> and I just, I am me. And I think, to be honest, I'd rather be me and that's your, I always say to like the younger ones at Sunday school, that's your superpower. Mm -hmm. No one's like you. Yeah. You know, so just be you. That's, that's what I would say because it's hard when you're at school to be you. Yeah. Because there's so many like pressures. Rules and even like the school uniform, you all look the you same. You all look, yes, yeah. the same uniform and mm. it, it's, I think there's pressure. There's more pressure these days on kids, I think, than even when I was at school. Yeah. You know, you've got to be a certain way to be this. And 
I'm not, not more comparing. I mean, I had magazines or posters on the yeah. wall, but you know, no Instagram and no, no. Instagram. Any squads <laughs> at school, it would have been oh awful. my gosh, yeah, yeah. You know, we didn't even have phones when I was at school. No. So I mean, it, it's just completely different. <laughs> I had a phone. Yeah. <laughs> I, had a lot, I think I had name. an orange savvy <laughs> or one that you played snake on, which you've probably never heard of. <laughs> It's, it's, it's interesting as it goes by, isn't it, at the time? Yeah. Um, and in terms of mentors or teachers that have inspired you along your way, who would be the person that you'd put on one of your pedestals? I'm sure there's been many. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's the obvious. I think your family, your close family, I do think they instill your values in you. Um, so, like, my mum and dad have always taught me you know, work hard for things. So even like my first car, they probably could have bought me it, mm. but I had to save up half and, you know, work for the other half. So ironically, going back to Bolton again, I used to work on the boxes before I went to uni and I saved up like the tips that the box of blokes used to give me and worked hard for my first car. So I think all of that and the kindness and things that your parents yeah. drill into that has inspired me to be the same really because it doesn't matter what you do for a job for me it's how you treat people yeah. and that's what I'm going to say to George you know I want to know my son is being a nice person that's what matters to me first and foremost I don't care what job he does as yeah. long as it makes I don't happy. care about the grades I don't care about the, I don't I wouldn't no. care about his grades as long as I knew he'd done his best yeah. that's all you can do yeah. so like that's another thing I don't think pressure helps anybody I think you know some people are academic some aren't that's how it is you mm. know trades for example these days you can do so much with a trade so they're like my inspirations and um I'd say at school I had a teacher called uh Mr Pierce who he was just so straight talking and I am. I'm I'm not your friend who will always tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. I'm the honest friend. Um, <laughs> and I think that's who, important, isn't it? And yeah, I never I am not I would always be nice to people, but I'm honest. So if mm. you know, if you're upset at something or you know, you think someone should be handling something differently, I will be that friend because I think that's true friendship yeah. um, so I always remember him being a figure that I looked up to um, because he was like that and then he was also the religious studies teacher so I think he was the one who made me believe in all that in a way and go to church as well as my auntie who um, we mentioned before and my grandma like those three for me are why I've probably been a Christian for well, since that age, really. Yeah. So I thought he was quite a big influence on me to the point that when I got George christened, I wanted him to christen him. So he did come, yeah. and, oh, he did come and do it because I thought, again, I don't I don't believe like false views on anyone. You know, I'm yeah. like, whatever anyone believes is, I accept whatever everybody believes. But I thought, well, I'd like him to christen George and then hopefully he'll believe in it yeah what, so, a love, what a lovely but he's he's a big school influence for me he was he was one of the kind teachers at Kingsley 
and he still he still uh, looks the same. Does he? <laughs> I said I was about fifteen when I last saw him, and I was like, "What's your secret, Nivea?" Or <laughs> Let us know what obviously people might want to um get in touch with you and we'll put your contact details should someone need one of the best yeah. award-winning matrimonial solicitors around um, to get in touch. <laughs> I know you didn't want me to say all that but um, to get in touch with you because they've heard a bit of you and, and your story and how you approach things is there if someone's going through a tricky time right now they've maybe not made that call to a solicitor or or the, with the wrongs list and they need to change, what what would you top, I don't know, a couple of tips for someone navigating a matrimonial, a matrim, matrimonial <laughs> issue? <laughs> um, I'd say, but top, don't Google answers to things because obviously people say I've Googled and it says this. <laughs> and I, you know, not in a condescending way, yeah. but I think I've done three years undergrad I did a postgrad. I've trained. I've got. I've done a training contract. I've then worked under you know very experienced people. You don't know the answer of Google, <laughs> so that would probably be my number one. Okay, don't Google. You know, don't Google the answers. Um, I'd probably say you know look for what style you want. So. Obviously, I've got a feisty side that can come out when required. But if you want more of a conciliatory way, then there are people that deal with it that way, like me. And there's others, you know, that are brilliant people that will try and help you that way. But obviously, we can't control how the other person reacts mm. that, or behaves. That's one of the problems sometimes. One person wants to be amicable and the other one doesn't mm. so I'd say as well you've got it's got to be a two-way relationship so you've got to get on with the person um I mean for me if I didn't work in law and I was going through a divorce um I'd want to know someone cared and that's my number one showing I care mm. about people so for me that's what I'd be looking for first and foremost you know someone who you're not just a number you you know, you you answer the phone to them and actually yeah. help them free things. And um, yeah, I think if I was getting divorced, I'd just be adamant on keeping the dog. I'd share the child. <laughs> I'd, I'd definitely be like, Dolly's coming with me. She prefers me. <laughs> I think that's Matt from the podcast publicly. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, technically, Dolly is in Matt's name, and I do think sometimes I need to sort this out. <laughs> Technically, it's a chattel, but it's, I don't agree with that. It's like, she's my baby, mm. but technically, whose name it's in mm. can sometimes make all the difference. Oh, so my goodness. Now and again, I do think mm, I could do with putting her in my name, <laughs> just in case they used it against me. Oh, honestly, Jenny, you doesn't give as good tummy tickles as me. Yeah. Oh, like, I should have been sat there all day because I've been in the office all day and she'll be like dreaming of me tickling oh. the tummy. Because Matt will have just not, he'll have took her out for a walk, but that's as good as it gets. Oh, <laughs> you're absolutely brilliant. I think that's really helpful. And also the thing that you mentioned earlier in the podcast, because we always think about what we've learned from the podcast. And I didn't realise that certain solicitors almost... I'm going to use this phrase, sign up to be a certain way, part of a reconciliation. Is that the word you use? It's just more like um, an organisation that 
they advocate really resolving it in a conciliatory way. Yes, that's so, what I was looking for. And, yeah, constructive. So, like all of us, I think, are members of that. Um, and then, so it's national. So, I mean, I'm laughing because I said, oh, the award thing. It's, I, I get like embarrassed, but that's the one I was mentioning to you before we were recording that um, I'm in the national awards for the resolution awards this year wow. for community champion so i think i'm the only one from lancashire in that so well we're back in i'm, proud, I'm yes. proud to be waving the northern flag <laughs> absolutely in <weird>. westminster oh, <laughs> that is absolutely fantastic well done and and thank you so much for your time today it has been great hasn't it Any, has anything you've took away from me i think i've taken away a lot i mean i think it's really interesting because i mean my picture of um, a lawyer. Obviously, we've had your commercial solicitor. commercial solicitor on the thing, but before that, I always had like a vision of lawyers being very like formal and like not <laughs> bubbly and like I don't know. That's like my stereotypical view <laughs> of like maybe that's maybe from school. I do wear glasses or... sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's like the stereotypical view that you like. That's the pictures you see at school or what they show you're right, you. Or whatever. Though, you're, you're right. And then I've come here and I'm like, Do you know what? like you're so bubbly and lovely and like I never expected a lady to be like that. <laughs> that's, that's a good. That's, that's a good thing. I like that. I like that summing up. Yeah, I do. I do too. So we're just going to finish because my mum always listens and she always wants to know a very quick school run memory. How did you get to school and what? Were you bus on foot? Yeah, I was bus. Um, so like Cam and Slade, they come from all over Bolton and then I think Ramsbottom Way as well a lot came from. So 905 bus, see it sticks in there. <laughs> um, bottom, I wasn't on the top, I was uh, I was on the two tiers. I sat on the, on the bottom. I was a bit of a geek. It's, I mean, everyone said I was a hot geek at sixth form. It kind of was like getting more girly at yeah. that point like, I don't know but I used to be like get on with the geeks and the populace yeah, yeah. I was an in-betweener mm-hmm. and I like being like that because I'm like that now I get mm-hmm. on with with everybody um, so yeah the bus that's how I remember school and then we used to get off like near the um, I mean my husband actually lives really near so I, I, I constantly have to drive drive past there when we go to his mum and dad's but there was there was a little corner shop where we used to get the best tiffin ever made and it's not there anymore oh so, so shout out to the shop and that's one of my memories the tiffin the tiffin oh, was did you have it in the morning day. and at night or just as you got no out? it was a treat so you know <laughs> if you got like good grades or whatever you'd get <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm still like that now. I like simple things as rewards. I'm not snobby like that. I love, you know, a client once really listened to what I said. I'm not into all these posh chocolates, Mm. you know. Don't get me wrong, I love an odd champagne truffle, but (laughs) you cannot beat a Freddo. And I stand by it. You can't can't beat a Freddo. Like, for a bit of chocolate, honestly, if I was like on my deathbed, I'd want a Freddo. (laughs) Any other chocolate, I'd like, get me a Freddo. That's Um, superb. Yeah. And my grandma and nana used to take me a lot, as well as my mum and dad. So 
the working parent thing. Mm. I mean, I'll be relying on the grandparents when it's George as well. But um, yeah, they. I have a lot of memories of them taking me because my grandma had a sweet shop, so we always used to go there for pick a mix and stuff. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> well, Peter Kay used to go in it. You'll <gasps> remember I'm very sweet shop. I'm very sweet shop. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> so. Thank you for joining us on our school run. Thank oh, you for your time. Yeah. Um, we'll look forward to hearing, you know, people's feedback on this episode because it's been an exciting one. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the School Run Podcast. If this is your first time listening, please go back and maybe listen to a few other episodes that we've previously recorded. There's lots of interesting topics, people's different roles and careers. We're sharing all of these stories to inspire and empower young people. That's our reason why. You don't have to have it all figured out at school. My co-host Liv is my 15-year-old daughter and I just keep telling her that school is just a small chapter of of life and there's so much out there if you just say yes to those opportunities you don't have to have it figured out at school we're privileged to be having these conversations and we're really thankful to our guests for coming on please would you hit the follow button on the podcast channel that you're listening to us on this will really help us to grow and improve the podcast long term It'd be lovely if you could write us a review on the podcast that you listen to us on and maybe give us a star rating. Lots of people have already bought us a virtual coffee so that we can have some chats and plan the content going forward. The link is www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash the school run www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash the school run. And as Liv has already told you in the middle of this episode, we do have an Instagram, the school run underscore official, and we also have a LinkedIn showcase page. Would you just share this podcast if you've enjoyed it with one other person today? That would really help us. Thank you so much. Don't forget to click that follow button and we'll see you again next Monday at 6am. 